This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, the game started, obviously, a little crazy. Uh, Browns getting a touchdown early on defense. The turnovers continue to come. Before you knew it, it was 28 to nothing. Your Cleveland Browns, first playoff win since 1994 as they walk in to the big catch-up bottle in Pittsburgh and essentially just boat race this Pittsburgh Steelers franchise without your head coach, missing many players, having guys that nobody knew actually get meaningful playing time. Oh, man. And we're going to break it down with Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith. I am your host, Jeff Lloyd. Your Victory Monday playoff style is brought to you by Built Bar. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Pete, we've talked about, especially this franchise, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've talked about you're never going to make anybody believe differently until you drive the stake through the heart. You beat them last week, uh, extended winning circumstances. A game like this, oh, yeah. Uh, you saw Ben Roethlisberger sitting on that bench, and maybe Ben Roethlisberger was wondering, is this maybe it? Um, yes, he's got $41 million due to him next year, but is this the best thing for this franchise? But Pete, the biggest takeaway I have from this victory tonight, uh, you know, the players, Baker, the running game getting going again, uh, players on defense active. But Pete, the DNA of this franchise, the jokes – Everything that has gone on for so long, this is officially dead. This team with zero, almost zero practice time this week, having zero idea who is actually going to be able to play. Michael Dunn, great to meet you, big guy, because you had yourself a hell of a day. But, Pete, this franchise, this is it. These jokes of the past, they stopped today. This franchise is here, and they are going to be a legitimate contender for the foreseeable future. Well, they got – they got what I wanted desperately, which was to put a stake in Ben Roethlisberger. I expect he'll be here back next year because he's got 41 million reasons to be back. But I don't but care. But he's going to have no teammates. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't even matter. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you had to get you had to beat Roethlisberger. So you get to beat him in Pittsburgh in the playoffs with a team that hasn't had that sort of you know, sort of defining Steelers victory. Obviously last year's wasn't, you know, what you wanted just by given with the scenario, but this is, you got everything you wanted. Uh, you got you know, a team that uh, was, was down and had every excuse to lay down and lose. Uh, and they played with such an, an energy and freedom coming out and just adrenaline that it was like the Steelers had no idea what hit them. And by the, before they sort of gathered themselves, it was 28-0. And things sort of, you know, evened out a little bit. The Steelers even took a little bit of control. And then the Browns sort of got back to, you know, being effective and being a little more aggressive on offense. And they and they they took control and won. I mean, you got everything you, you were hoping to get. You got, in, in the end, five, uh, you know, four interceptions. Five turnovers, and five turnovers in all. You obviously scored a defensive touchdown. You, you, you know, some of these things were just fluky and weird, but that that's 
you're going to take everything you can get when you're starting guys like Robert Jackson at corner and, and uh, you you've got a guard that uh, Baker Mayfield met before the game in Blake Hans, who had to step in there at the end. I mean, Michael Dunn was legitimately good. Like it was stunning <laughs> how good he was. It was, you know, it was weird. He it literally was like, looked like he didn't miss a beat. Like he had been there all season. Yeah. I mean, he, he was really good. Like it, it was crazy watching him wash down Cam Hayward and you never saw him really give up pressure. And a lot of the damage they were doing early was running left. Uh, and it was just the way they were punching the Steelers in the face was just remarkable. And to get that much out of your defense uh, was, you know, I, I, as I kept saying throughout, because people were just getting so furious with this defense, you got four turnovers at that point. Like everything else was great. You got a 28-point lead and then it became 35-10 at the half. Like if the defense stopped playing, you you should have been satisfied with what you got, but ultimately they, they were able to continue to make plays. It was, it, you know, I, I think Joe Woods, um, I, I think he deserves a ton of credit for his initial game plan because it screwed up uh, Ben Roethlisberger early and forced that early interception. But I, I do criticize him slightly and that he got away from what was working and they got aggressive. It was like all these fans kept telling him basically more aggressive, be more aggressive. And the Steelers should have scored faster because you had Robert Jackson and man coverage against professional wide receivers. And it was everything you wouldn't want it to be. Uh, so, you know, it was everything we sort of talked about, uh, you know, going into the pregame, which was you were going to play quarters. You were going to try to tackle underneath. And a lot of the time they did MJ Stewart, you know, uh, you know, a hundred percent credit to, to me. I, I talked him up slightly and then he went out and had a game. Uh, he just tackled people and he obviously had the interception, which is good. Uh you, you just got a lot of effort uh, from this team and, and you got a lot of plays from guys, you know, Larry Ogunjobi set the tone early, you know, driving Marquis Pouncey into the backfield, like five yards. I like, that's not supposed to happen uh, on, on a play that, you know, ultimately forced them to punt. The Steelers were super conservative on some big decisions and it cost them dearly. And the Browns were aggressive and they stuck with it. And, you know, Alex Van Pelt obviously is going to get a ton of credit for the game plan and, and, and calling plays. But I think so much of that was Baker Mayfield was just outstanding in this game. Uh, and I think he was better in the second half than he was in the first half. There were more drops and some more awkward things, but he was the, he was the concrete foundation on that. He was making plays at one point, you know, when receivers weren't making plays, he had to go get, get a first time with his legs. He was making great reads. He was putting the ball where he needed to be at a couple tipped, whatever, but just in terms of decisions, just in terms of finding ways to exploit holes in the defense, he was just consistently great. He was clearly the better quarterback in this game. He was arguably the best player on the entire field in this game. Um, you know, there were some things on offense that were frustrating in terms of drops, in terms of some miscues, but you got obviously a, a big game out of Landry uh, that uh, went from like, Immediately great with that little seven-yard uh, angle route where the Steelers just weren't there, and he managed to navigate his way to the end zone. And then he sort of hibernated for the better part of a quarter and a half, and then he came up big with back-to-back -back plays before that Nick Chubb screen pass, which you know I don't know what took so long with that, and then the, the swing pass, but those fed into exactly what the Steelers were trying to do, which is blitz into you. Uh, you know, it was an easy sort of dump-off thing. The Browns 
just deserve a ton of th- credit. And, and unlike what they had last week, they didn't have a ton of penalties, which is a huge thing. Like the, the, the Browns last week looked like a team that hadn't practiced in a week. This team was res- a revelation to the point where I'm li- watching like Bucky Brooks talk about how they're like, you know, the, the, the practicing is stupid and, and you should be able to teach more and, and which is fine. <laughs> if you've got the coaching staff, they can do it. I just don't know how many coaching staffs are, are good enough to sort of be able to do this. You know, there aren't that many Bill Callahan's walking around. You don't have these guys who can sort of just operate in this way, but uh, you got, I think you know there were miscues, there were issues that you would like to be better, but I don't think you ever questioned effort. Uh, they played, you know, Miles Garrett talked about it, play, playing with your hair on fire. Uh, I think they got that. Adrian Claiborne played his ass off. You just got effort all over the place. You got Porter Gustin with an interception just off hustle. Uh, I mean, they, they they did a good job anticipating the throws to be able to get their hands up and deflect them. I mean, that was really what you had to do. Everybody's complained about the pass rush. You get the ball out in two seconds, there is no pass rush. But you can get up and try to knock passes down in, in passing lanes and, and and create turnovers, and they did that. Like that, I'm surprised that hasn't happened before to the Steelers for this exact reason, because it's basically two seconds and the ball's coming out. You can time that up and do some good stuff with that. So, you know, you got sort of the full gamut of the Browns offense in this one, running the ball. You really got the full Nick Chubb. He had like 78 yards rushing, but he had another 69 receiving, 40 on that screen pass. So you had hundred, almost 150 yards of, of Nick Chubb. You had some big Kareem Hunt plays. I think they used him better than they have in previous yeah. games. Uh, I think they put him in positions to be you know, better and not have to see as much, including the one time where he ran with what amounted to be a Steelers defender in his face mask the whole way as he ran through him for nine yards for a touchdown. So you got everybody. You got everybody sort of the best of everybody in this game, and it was you know a, a true team effort, and you, you, you punched the Steelers out essentially, and that's – it wasn't excuses. It was you know, the Browns were a legitimate underdog. The Browns had everything to lose and they just showed it. They were great. They, uh, they, they left no doubt in this one. And, and I think they sh- sent a shock to the system. And and to me, I think the Browns were playing with uh, a free pass, the entire playoffs. Uh, obviously anything else they do is you know, winning. This game was gravy. I, you know, I didn't come in expecting them to win. Obviously I picked against them. I'm thrilled they did. But I don't have any expectations with the with their next week. All I'm doing is enjoying the hell out of this uh, as it is. There's no, you know, preconceived notion on what they're supposed to do. You, you've you're, you've got 12 wins on the season now. You've got your first road playoff win since 1969. You beat the Steelers since God only knows in the playoffs. On the you know that's these are all these things that like you had players from the 80s and and even Jim Brown and some of these guys coming out and talking about this these guys from the eighties and this legacy thing, talking about things they'd never done. Baker Mayfield did it in his first playoff game. He's got all these marks uh, now that uh, this team simply hasn't had. Uh, You've, you've firmly imprinted on the sort of NFL who this team is. And again, it doesn't matter what they do next week. You have to now, you know, whether you want to say fear or them or respect them, 
uh, going into 2021, when they take the field, the Browns are a team to be, you know, that you have to, you have to view them as a, a contender at this point. I mean, I mean, for Pittsburgh, look, I don't know if, you know, with the two point loss last week, uh, we're not, you know, they didn't play these guys. Um, you know, Juju, certainly the other day, uh, Juju, if these are the same old Browns and those you see are gray, then I don't know what you saw today. Cause uh, obviously that was a big difference for you, my friend. Um, even though, you know, he still put up a nice uh, statistical performance, but Pete, this, you know, whether Pittsburgh and, you know, maybe sometimes, you know, in, in their circumstances, you just think there's no way this team can beat us. And then you get a fluke on the first, you know, play of the game where all of a sudden now it's seven, nothing, you know, uh, interception here and interception there. All of a sudden you're on a ropes getting throttled. Um, but this young team, um, it gave them all the confidence in the world. Um, for neither team, the pass rush was ever involved. We didn't get to Kendall Lamb, who obviously came in, did a fantastic job. TJ Watt, yeah, fantastic year. Probably most likely defensive player of the year. 100% a non-factor in this game. I, I don't know exactly, you know, I don't want to hold it in or Pittsburgh just assumed, all right, let's pack our bags, we're going to Buffalo. Um, but they were not ready for what this team brought today, this Cleveland Browns team brought today. And they certainly, there's, there's more, a lot more questions about the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers right now than there is the Cleveland Browns. Well, the, the Steelers are now a team that is just nothing but questions. I mean, they looked old. Uh, Cam Hayward did not play like Cam Hayward. I, I don't remember Stefan Tewitt leaning in the game. TJ Watt made some big plays. I but saw he him a couple of times, but I never literally saw him doing anything to it. Yeah, but, I mean, TJ Watt was pretty good. Uh, they found anyone telling me Robert Spillane is a good player. He was awful, and they, 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 they that was the offense for about three quarters. Uh, Kareem Hunt ball. looked at him, mano y mano, at the five yard line and said, Big boy, you're going for a ride. But it, but you know, I don't know, you know, how many people go back and watch this stuff. But uh, when it was Austin Hooper early in the game, it was Robert Splane. When it was Jarvis Landry at the end of the game, it was Robert Splane. They just found him. Find uh, the turd. Yeah, it really, it was. And, 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 you know, I, I liked some of the stuff I saw. I mean, it, it hurts with Hooper. I think in some ways he's so pressing so hard because he wants to be so good, so bad uh, that it can be frustrating, but they got the ball at him a ton and he made some big plays and I've, you know, it was a mixed bag in terms of the overall product, but they used him a ton, which is what we've been sort of waiting for to be that franchise dude. Uh, but most of the damage they did in this game is right down the middle of the field. It was in that area where you basically cleared out Micah Fitzpatrick on something and then found something in the middle. And that's really what they did a good job with. And obviously they completed a lot of short passes uh, to the sideline. I think you also got a big taste of one of the issues I have with his offense is they don't have the explosive play capability. And it really lagged this offense later in the game when the Steelers are basically just playing within five yards of the line of scrimmage, save for the free safety. They, you know, it was tough to run the ball and they couldn't throw it because they were trying to throw like, you know, short passes, that lack of ability to stretch the field. And they went, they tried really early to get this going. They took a shot play uh, right after the interception from MJ Stewart. They tried to set up a couple of things. I think if Mayfield threw that ball, one ball to Higgins on the up, uh, the, out and up uh, against the rookie. He he probably makes a pretty nice play there. But 
your your explosive plays were a seven yard pass and a screen pass. Like that's where I have concerns about this, especially you know going ahead to the Chiefs, where this is going to be a thing. And Rashard Higgins didn't play well. Uh, certainly didn't play the way you would hope Rashard Higgins would play. But uh, you know they got a lot of guys picking up other guys. So in this case, Hooper uh, and and Higgins weren't great. You got some big plays out of Landry. You got some big plays out of uh, Hunt. And, and most of all, you got big plays out of Chubb. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones fell down at one point, did come back and made a nice nice catch. Um, you know, the biggest thing you, you, you come out of this, and the reason part of the reason you feel good is because your immediate reaction, other than being like, holy crap, I hope Jack Conklin's okay, and it was basically like, hey, we've got this. We don't need to put you back in. And by the way, Kendall Lamb did an admirable job in his stead, uh, other than the first snap, which is just an unfair situation for anybody. Uh, that uh, you, you come out of this, and your immediate reaction is, okay, so I, I, you know, Joel Batonio says he's been asymptomatic. You know, we expect he'll he'll be back. Uh, you know, we're waiting on Denzel Ward, and Kevin Johnson. Maybe those guys are back. I, I don't know what happened with Ronnie Harrison. There was never any announcement uh, he with went that. Back. He went, you know. So, you know, if, if all those guys are essentially back and you're just getting guys back as opposed to losing guys, then all of a sudden, you know, you're still obviously looking at this as being at a significant disadvantage going against the Chiefs. But all of a sudden, you're at least going, if we're going to go lose the Chiefs, at least we're going to lose with the guys we, we want to have out there, uh, which is obviously, you know, Robert Jackson against the Chiefs would be, you know, just forget it. But, if you get Denzel Ward, if you get Kevin Johnson, like at least you can make it a game and be proud of whatever effort you put out there. At least you can say this is an accurate representation of who you are. And once the game gets going, who knows? You know, you know, I don't know uh, who the chief center is anymore, but if he wants to Marquise Pouncey it a couple times, then I'm good with that. So, you know, it, it's all good. Yes, just a very, very good day. We're going to continue on here on your Victory Monday post-game playoff edition of Locked on Browns. Are we ready for some football? Let's see if the momentum can keep going tomorrow night for all you Ohio fans, Ohio State, Alabama, in the NCAA championship. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for your free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, for your 50% Welcome bonus early line for the NFL game of the week next week. And I will call Browns at Chiefs the NFL game of the uh, week next week. The Kansas City Chiefs laying eight to your Cleveland Browns. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Pete, you had mentioned the name. Also, you brought up Kevin Johnson. Even if Kevin Johnson's good to go to next week, I'm not sure. MJ Stewart, two straight games now with an interception, 10 solo tackles today. Uh, here's a guy just kind of finding his way. The blitz ability, um, granted, nobody got home from Pittsburgh or Cleveland as far as pass rush today. Um, but just seeing a player like this in a situation like this, and understanding what the plan was. It's okay to give up receptions, but no yak. And he was with every receiver, and it was really cute with Chase Claypool 
spiking that one there at the end because, oh, boy, yeah, it was really close now. But a player like MJ Stewart, and there had been such a revolving door at this cornerback position, Pete, and this goes back to the summer. Um, and MJ Stewart came in here. Then late in the summer, he was injured. Um, then it was a while before he could find his way. Now, essentially forced. But in some of the biggest games of the year, the Tennessee game gets an interception. Last week against Pittsburgh, interception. Today, tackling well, always around the ball, playing special teams. Um, just a, a credit to you know general manager uh, Andrew Barry, who looked very astute with his nice overcoat and the backpack, like he had a uh, you know he had uh, in a nice uh, pre-law class after lunch on the college campus. See players given this opportunity. And coming through as opposed to just saying, oh, this poor sucker, he's getting roasted to death. And Robert Jackson, obviously, you know, one-on-one versus Chase Claypool. Look, any percent of the cornerbacks in the NFL right now versus Chase Claypool in that situation is a bad option. But to see a player like MJ Stewart, and obviously for Sione Taki Taki, who we've seen grow as a player this year, Jacob Phillips running around, flying around, B.J. Goodson extremely active, seeing – a lot of these players who we know might not be part of the future of this team, but given this opportunity, step up and make plays. It, it just tells you the recipe from what's coming down from this front office through the coaching staff to the players is if you get your opportunity, you pay attention in these meetings, you should be set up. You should be set up to succeed. And that is what you saw in a game like tonight. These guys know the playbook. They know what's going on. The opportunity's there. Just go make the plays. Uh, so, you know, the reason I talked up MJ Stewart in the pregame was I just like the matchup for him in this because the Steelers obviously don't run the ball and he's, he's like 200 pounds and he's physical. Uh, it just worked out in this matchup. So if you're asking me, would I rather have him or Kevin Johnson? I'd rather have Kevin Johnson. However, if we get into a situation where the, the chiefs aren't, throwing the ball or aren't running the ball and it's just Patrick Mahomes dropping back and chucking it. I would just get into dime with MJ Stewart and Kevin Johnson at that point as your sort of slot guys and see where that ends up uh, sort of being able to choose your matchups in terms of that physicality element. I, I, I you know, I, I hesitate to make this like a, a foundational game for MJ Stewart, but you know, it was great given the situation. Like the thing you run into is, I don't know that that matchup's there for them next week. I think Kevin Johnson becomes integral because you've got a bunch of speedy guys and Kevin Johnson can run a hell of a lot better than MJ Stewart. So uh, that becomes a little bit of a challenge. Um, it, it, it really comes down to, you know, the flow of this game. Can the Browns sort of force the Chiefs to be one-dimensional, which isn't exactly a great situation, but at least you know it's coming. But uh, if they are running the ball, then it becomes tougher and you need to be a, bit, a little bit bigger. Uh, so you may see more of that. I mean, hell, I, I was stunned. That, you know, think, think of it this way. Um, if you were trying to, like, design the best defense for the situation, you know, <laughs> on that last drive where Ben Roethlisberger yeah. final interception, you probably don't have Sione Takitaki out there, if we're honest. I mean, he's not like a, you know, a coverage guy just dropping into zone. But – you know, on some level that it's just, you know, a player made a play uh, and he gets all the credit. So I don't know. I, I Certainly, you know, Denzel Ward and, and Kevin Johnson are way better suited for this particular matchup. 
But with a lot of these guys who stepped in there, uh, you know, Robert Jackson, again, he's not a good corner. He's a great gunner. But he just played with everything he's got, which is all I can really ask him uh, of him. But uh, I, I want the speed out there for the, for, for the Chiefs. I want to be able to sort of try to counter that as best I can. And, and I'd really like Terrence Mitchell to catch balls that hit him square in the freaking chest. If Patrick Mahomes is going to bless him with one of those, please don't drop it. Uh, but we're sort of starting to see where this defense is headed. You know, the Steelers are the ultimate team that makes that really easy to do. Chiefs are going to make that a little more troubling. But here's the thing. It's like, you know, the Browns defense is bad. Like, people need to stop being surprised. Like, we get into games – and all of a sudden, they're like, why aren't the Browns stopping anybody? And you have to remind them that you, your, your starting corner on the boundary is a gunner. Like, the next man up was, like, the dude who drove the bus there. There's nobody left on this roster. And that changes, obviously, this week if you have Denzel Ward uh, coming back. And and Sheldrick Redwine did some good things and, and some of that. So maybe there's some positives there. But uh, you have to sort of understand what this defense is. It can be better. Uh, than what it was based on getting personnel back. But it's, you know, Olivier Verne is not walking through that door, unfortunately. And, and it's going to be more challenging when teams can be multidimensional against you. And, of course, we're going to talk about a more mobile, you know, quarterback going into next week as well. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit more here. Obviously, we've talked the offensive side of the ball. We've talked the defensive side of the ball. We'll start to peek ahead here. Um, and, you know, look, folks, there are four teams left who will be playing or representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. It is the Baltimore Ravens. It is the Buffalo Bills. And it is your Cleveland Browns. Just a great day for this franchise as they, again, try to turn themselves around and you know, just prove the naysayers wrong. That this time, in fact, it is for real. Uh, it's been a late night for everybody. Uh, I'm sure Monday morning is going to be a little slow for everybody. And that's okay because we got a good way to get you through that. Good way to get you through that is with Built Bar. The Improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors now, including nut and non nut flavors. Six brand new flavors caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. These bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are great with the keto diet. The uh, the flavor profile for your cookies and cream bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carb. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, no space, and you'll get 20% off your Next, the promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Pete, I forget if it was in the athletic, and I think that's where the piece was written uh, about teams that could give the Chiefs possibly a headache um, today with getting these running backs established again. Nick Chubb, everybody knows. Kareem Hunt, I'm sure they're still in the back of his head. A little unfinished business in his mind as far as this Kansas. Look, if Baker Mayfield plays like he did today and ball is snapped, <laughs> foot is dropped, ball is gone, it gives you a puncher's chance against anybody. 
um, not to get over our toes here, over our, uh, over our skis, so to speak. But you're going into this opportunity, you're going into this game, and now you're thinking about all that you're getting back, you know, as far as what should be your coaches, but knock on wood, fingers crossed on everything as far as that, folks. Um, then you start talking about what's going to come back to the defensive side of the ball. You're going to get back your second team all pro left guard and Joel Batonio. Fingers crossed, obviously, on Jack Conklin. But you've gotten yourself into this position. Um, you've already basically slayed one dragon that nobody thought you could have been, if nobody thought you were going to be able to do. It, it was house money tonight. It's even more house money next week. Show up. It's what's the worst that can happen? You lose. Okay, so maybe you maybe you're here a year earlier than expected, but this tonight, next week, this is going to be valuable, valuable experience for a bunch of young players, where this is supposed to be the norm for the next few seasons. January football, perhaps with your eyes on a February football game. This is what you're looking for from this franchise. Yeah, I'm curious to see how they come out next week. Obviously, you know this week. Uh, beyond everything with Pittsburgh, you know, the first play from scrimmage, the ball goes over his head, you score. Uh, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that sort of let them calm and down. And what were they doing? Kick the ball out of the end zone. And the fourth and one, it's not the worst thing in the world that Tomlin punted it. But what are you doing kicking the ball 55 yards into the end zone as a punter? I mean, fundamentals, key, huge. Right. So, you know, you have to see – how the Browns sort of respond in a game where the, the, you know, they don't have everything go their way initially in, in the playoffs. Um, you know, I, they may go in with this with sort of the attitude that they're playing with house money anyway, which can be sort of a, an advantage in, in this scenario, obviously it can, you know, cut both ways, but uh, they have to find out what happens when things don't go their way. And obviously they got a little bit of a taste of that, they, you know, granted it was done with a lead and they've done, <laughs> done this way too many times this season where they've, you know, sort of given up uh, late uh, points and, and the game got way closer than anyone was comfortable with, but they did rally. They did sort of figure it out and they've got to sort of get through that lull. But uh, how do, how do they respond to, you know, what happens if Baker Mayfield throws an interception, or they have a fumble or something. I mean, you got five, you know, the, the, you won the turnover game five, nothing, you know, that's, you have to win that game. You don't, you know, it'd be incredible to lose that game. So, you know, what happens when you don't win the turnover game or it's, you know, it's even or whatever, but uh, there's a lot for, for the, to say for the experience they're going to get. There's a lot to say for sort of that measuring stick of these are, this is the team that won the Super Bowl. This is the team that many feel is still the favorite to win the Super Bowl. How do you sort of measure up against this team? Uh, So, it's 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 good stuff. And the other benefit to this is it forces the Ravens to go play in Buffalo. And I don't think that's a good matchup for the Ravens at all. Uh, they have two good corners, and they can basically focus everybody else on Lamar Jackson. So uh, that's its own problem. But the Browns for right now, it's, you know, they are playing with sort of this energy of you know, having proven it to everybody sort of, feeling themselves in the best way possible, being confident without being cocky and just really having found their zone in terms of what it takes for them to be prepared, their process. Uh, You have to give them an obscene amount of credit for the way they were able to sort of deal with everything this week and really the past few weeks. 
uh, losing so many players to COVID, you know, not being able to practice, being able to sort of focus on, on what you were trying to do and come out and play well and take care of business in that sense. In the way that it looked, you know, Chris Collinsworth at one point made excuses for Ben Roethlisberger and, and Eric Ebron not having a practice time, which insane to me. <laughs> circumstances. So, you know, for all that stuff, it was, you know, in that respect, it's, you, you, you can certainly make this as, the the best win of this you know obviously being a playoff victory and everything it's going to naturally rise to that level but just in terms of circumstances with everything they went through this was sort of like the most improbable best win of this team's uh since the team came back and then you add that element the fact this playoff game in pittsburgh and all these other things it's it's uh it's just a ridiculous achievement okay Pete, roll the clock backwards to young Pete Smith in 1994, the last time the Browns won a playoff game, Bill Belichick over Bill Parcells. In perspective, Pete, what were you at, about seventh grade? I'm trying to think, 1994, yeah, that would have been seventh grade. Seventh grade. Oh, good Lord. So uh, for you I think folks, we won that game like 22-11. Twenty to Something. thirteen. Twenty what to was it? thirteen. Yes, a late twenty to thirteen. A late oh, Leroy Horde touchdown. Yeah, Leroy Horde was an yes. adventure. So, um, but everybody, look, uh, there's just no way around this. Um, you know, and you know, everybody wants to D again. What are you supposed to do? You're playing what you have left. So the best thing to do is to say, look, if these guys were really good, they have a lot of weapons uh, to throw the ball around with. They have a quarterback, obviously, who has zero issue you know tossing the ball all over the yard you try to keep them in front of you you don't let them score in 30 seconds if it's nine plays 75 yards that is what it is um but we talked about all the things about you know a recipe for an upset they got the big break early then they dominated i mean they didn't just win the turnover barrel battle they stinking dominated it uh again neither team was you know active as far as you know getting sacked so that wasn't part of it Pete Cody Parkey has been, you know, had his ups and downs here over the last couple of weeks. Clean as a stinking whistle today. And it was either touchbacks or these balls were coming down right at the half one yard line. I don't think the cloud broke the 25 yard line and any return he had today. Hats to the ball, the energy. But you see this team and, you know, when they get in these positions where things start going right for them, they continue to go right because the momentum gets going. And everybody gets a little more amped up, and everybody, you know, goes a little bit more, essentially balls out. It's just, you know, and look, no, uh, no, no trick plays were needed. Um, you didn't have to do anything as far as, you know, fake kicks, fake punts. This team just came in, saw their opportunity, and just freaking grabbed it by around the throat, choked it out, and took down this franchise that has just beaten them around the yard for the better part of about three stinking decades now. And just, it, and we talked about this. It was time to tell this franchise that this is over. We're, we're here. We're legitimate. Granted, it is a three-team AFC North uh, nowadays. You know, Cincinnati, we'll see what happens. But everything and every opportunity, when they got it, they took it, they capitalized on it. And, and just to, still to think about the fact that your head coach is sitting in his basement at home Separated his family, can't be doing his job, 
And I mean, I will tell you right now, there could probably be like a short 30 for 30 done on what exactly transpired this week within that building, within these Zoom meetings that got this team where it was today to do what they did. It's just an absolute amazing, amazing night for this franchise. Yeah, it was great. I, I'm, I'm sort of obsessed with the idea of what his definition of quote unquote basement is because it felt like he was in the like underneath the St- Steelers like uh, coaches or something. Um, I'm also curiously curious how it's appointed given given how how long <laughs> he lived there. If it's like nothing but sort of a TV and like a you know like a folding chair at this point, or if he's actually got a nicely uh, appointed room. Uh, but uh, that had to be nerve wracking for him. Mr. Stefanski, I, I, we're gonna have to know. We're gonna have to know about your uh, your your holes uh, in you know uh, eleven months. Well, actually, it's almost a year now, Pete. Think about it though. When he got hired, though, because he got hired right after this weekend. But God, yeah, I, I, I uh, you, you have to appreciate everything he's done. But uh, I, I have to imagine it. Uh, it had to be incredibly nerve wracking at halftime. Uh, you had a plan going in this and game planning and all that stuff. But halftime, it becomes sort of a free for all. Obviously, you're up to 25 points. You got to feel pretty good about that. But that's really where, like, I think he probably felt the most powerless of anything because at that point, you know, obviously he trusts his guys. He spent all week building them up uh, and, and deflecting away from himself. But that's uh, that's really where they have to sort of shine. And obviously, they they were able to find some ways to sort of uh, make it happen. But uh, you know that's they get they get a ton of credit, and obviously that's those are other guys that are hopefully back next week, like Bill Callahan. Uh, obviously, a big part of this thing. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Again, going into this, this is why I was very concerned about this. Michael Dunn, one practice, and he's getting coached basically via Zoom on that practice or whatever. Uh, so. Just an incredible uh, job under the circumstances, and and everybody sort of owning their 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 job and and that element of it. So you know, I don't know how long that ride can go, but it, it just it's difficult to sort of just put into perspective just how impressive that is, and and how you know basically how bad the Steelers should feel about themselves, considering you know what happened. I mean, that's an embarrassing loss for them. Uh, this, you know, this was a Super Bowl or bust year. Obviously, they 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 lagged down the stretch, but uh, to 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 rest your guys, to say basically we wanted to play the Browns again, uh, to have every advantage uh, in the week leading up to it, being super healthy, and then getting your doors blown off. And obviously, the game got closer than that, and they only won by eleven because the Browns can't close for anything, but. Uh, you know, it, the game wasn't as close as that that score would indicate, and they got thoroughly beat. Without question, uh, you know they got ran around their own yard. Um, that it, it's it, it's just a fact. Uh, this franchise came in; they took every opportunity that they had. They capitalized on it. Um, you know, we, we joked during the week about, you know, Michael Dunn uh, probably trying to find, uh, you know, whoever he lives with, um, asking for one-on-one. Whoever did their best Cam- uh, Cameron Hayward impersonation. Obviously, they killed it as Michael Dunn just looked like he belonged, looked like he's been here for years and took his opportunity and seized it. Uh, but again, folks here, this is it. Uh, you know, as they opened with, the DNA of this franchise has changed. 
This franchise is here legitimately, and it's going to be here for a while. You have your quarterback. You have your star defensive player. You've got playmakers on offense. You've got an offensive line. Still probably could use a couple more players on that defense as we've talked about all season long. But none of that changes this amazing feeling that every Browns fan should have. You've waited 18 years just to be here and dance this dance. That's out of the way now. You've waited since 1994 to say you've won a playoff game. That is another one. Notch in the belt. Gone. Just a great, great day. Um, And and I was nervous as this week went on, as I mentioned to you guys, whether or not you were getting cheaped out of this entire experience, you know, with all that this franchise was going through as far as players being sick, coaches being sick, and out. And then you get things like, oh, wait, no, Ronnie Harrison can come back. Just an absolute roller coaster week for you fans. And you all, for the most part, stood tried and true and were ready for this game to go. And one of us was, you know, smart enough to pick this team to win. I'm just kidding, Pete. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, But just an absolute monster night for this franchise. We're going to flip the script as the week goes on. We got Mark Sessler coming in. We're going to get John Costco in. Uh, We're going to do a crossover. Pete and I are going to come in and bust this stuff down, getting closer to the end of the week as we get ready for the Chiefs. Just for everybody, uh, your patience, your passion for this franchise and for this night. And yes, do you want more? I am absolutely sure you do. But you folks absolutely deserve this moment. I hope your coffee is great tomorrow. I hope you all call out of work because there's no reason for you to go because you all deserve to live the moment to the fullest. He is Pete Smith. Part of Sports Illustrated's Browns Digest. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, Browns Digest. Check it out on Twitter. Make sure you're checking out all the great work over at SportsIllustrated.com. I am Jeff Lloyd at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Make sure you're following over there at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are always open. iTunes, Spotify. Make sure you're subscribed. Five star ratings, written reviews. Help us all out over there. Enjoy the moment relish in the moment you all deserve it as your cleveland browns go into pittsburgh win the first playoff game since 1994 and are headed to play the kansas city chiefs next sunday at 305 eastern this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound lgb on the lob let's go browns All right, good, sir. Let me get this up and loaded, my friend. All these people are wrong. They're all saying that, uh, that? Baker Mayfield turning his hat backwards is about Colin Coward. That's Bookie Brooks who was complaining about the hat backward thing. Who cares? It's a hat. For God's yes. sakes. It's but this hat. is the thing he did in the pre- he did this in the post game. He actually took a moment to actually turn his hat backwards, which is a callback to Bucky Brooks way back when. I remember Bucky Brooks. Yes. Yeah, this Absolutely. was Bucky Brooks. So there's. You the- what? Yep. Baker's gonna have this fun, Pete. He's gonna be more cockier now than ever, and God fucking bless him for it. He's paid his dues. No, I'm all for it. It's just he actually he actually took a moment to turn the hat backwards, but that was not a shot at uh, Cowherd. Everything else, he it's, I think he takes another shot at Cowherd, but it's uh, 
at backwards is entirely Bucky Brooks. The best one was from day one. Do you play golf? Hey, do you play golf? Do you play golf? No, I don't play golf. I don't play golf. Um, all right, brother. Let me get this up and loaded. Have a great night, Pete. Thanks, buddy. All right. All right. Come on now. Get out of here. Bang. All right.